1: Uh, welcome to New Books in Critical Theory. It's a podcast that's part of the New Books Network. Uh, on this episode, I'm talking to Arturo rodriguez Morato and Alvaro Santana Acuña about sociology of the arts in action, new perspectives on creation, production, and reception. Uh, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you, uh, David. It's a pleasure to be with you today.
1: And yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to have uh, both of you here so you're um, the editors uh, of this uh, new collection uh, which I, I think is a really important contribution to uh, the sociology of, of arts and, and the sociology of culture and, and we're going to sort of talk about why that is uh, over the course um, of the podcast and I suppose the place to start really is is where did the idea for the collection come from um, you know I, I noticed that the kind of new perspectives. Is one of the terms in the title. So you know, why do we need new perspectives now? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a wonderful question. And if I, if my uh, memory is correct, the the original idea goes back to uh, 2013 in New York City. So that was actually the annual meeting of the American Sociological Association, and Arturo. Uh, and I, we had already met um, a few years before, we happened to be attending a, 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 the same panel where one of the contributors was giving a paper. And then after uh, attending this panel, as Arturo and I started talking about that paper. And then kind of by, uh, by chance, we just started talking about this whole list of colleagues, uh, Spanish-speaking colleagues who were either uh, working in the United States or had a connection to uh, kind of anglophone research institutions that were doing cutting-edge uh, work in sociology of culture and the arts, and and I think at the moment... Um, Artur and I realized that it would be great to produce a volume uh, assembling many of these uh, voices. While the people who are in the volume are certainly there because they they need to be, I also want to emphasize there are a few other people that we reached out that could not make it, but they're still part of that that family that helped us to put this volume together.
1: If If I might turn to you, Arturo, one of the things the book does, uh, as all, you know, kind of really um, good edited collections does, is it tries to kind of stake uh, an agenda, you know, sketch an, an agenda for um, the particular area, soci- sociology of, of the arts that it's interested in. And I wonder if you could do two things, really, to introduce the book. First off is to give us uh, perhaps a brief <laughs> history of the sociology of the arts and then to introduce this idea uh, of the sociology of the arts in action.
3: Yeah, well, certainly uh, it is. Uh, I think always important if you address uh, uh, an area of, of war to to understand a little bit the perspective, the historical perspective. And in this case, this is uh, in fact uh, a little bit complicated because uh, there is a, a long history and. Very diverse, with different national traditions, etc. But uh, it is not uh, important now to go into details. But uh, I think this is what in the book is uh, is uh, showed that uh, it is important to to look uh, to to think on at least to two moments uh, in the evolution of the the discipline. Uh, One took place uh, around the 60s when uh, um, uh, a new generation of sociologists, professional sociologists that were uh, initiating uh, work on uh, this area uh, in Europe, in the United States too, Uh, In a way, uh, they confronted uh, an old uh, generation that uh, came from from the humanities. It was a very different kind of uh, sociology of arts, Uh, one that uh, was organized uh, through specific areas linked to, to, to artistic disciplines, to music, to literature, to art. And um, and in that case, for those old sociologists, uh, humanist sociologists, uh, their work was much uh, or basically focused on the on the work of art, on the on their textual uh, um, expertise as analysts. Uh, but they were unable to to analyze really the the connection with with the society, with the dynamics, uh, any mm, dynamic uh, uh, relating the the groups that produced that, etc. So this this, uh, first mm, empirical uh, generation of the 60s and I include here Bourdieu, uh, Baker, and others, uh, mm, develop a criticism, as, uh, a radical criticism, in fact, of, of, the, of the previous sociology of art, and open a, a new uh, way of working in, in this area, uh, a way that was characterized by focusing on the relations between between the people involved in, in the arts, in the production of the arts, in the distribution, in the reception, etc. So that was uh, a moment very important. And then I would say that uh, there is another moment, uh, much more recent, uh, 30 years after, uh, around the 90s, where when uh, when um, it, it was less radical change, but... Uh, at that time, uh, several uh, several changes took place too, uh, and new uh, there were new new thematics, uh, that uh, appeared uh, at that time. In, in a way, um, it, it was um, it, it was characterized by the fact that uh, uh, some very important, very productive. Uh, programs uh, uh, elaborated in the 70s and 80s, the one by Bourdieu or the one by Becker by uh, or by Peterson, Richard Peterson, the Production of Culture Perspective. These programs uh, try to, to, to develop on the base of the, of the studies specifically on the arts a uh, sociology of culture. And this was, for several reasons, this is explained in, in the introduction a little bit, for several reasons, these projects in a way failed. And, and uh, this um, uh, made that uh, sociologists of art at the time, uh, to some extent, uh, went back to the interest, focus again on the... On the more specific uh, thematic of the work of art, this one this was one of the of the main changes uh, uh, at that moment. Um, and well, this this is um, uh, a certain the, the main traits of, of of this evolution, I would say. And uh, from that time, uh, from that time, uh, more recently. Uh, we speak on this uh, new situation of the uh, sociology of the arts in action to say that, um, that uh, in continuity with, with that uh, evolution, uh, there is uh, now in recent times uh, a growing, for example, a growing eclecticism Uh, in the approach to to, to the work on sociology of the arts. Uh, This has been particularly important, I think, because uh, many people adopted a a new uh, perspective to to combine uh, references, to combine frameworks. And, uh, And this is very characteristic of the current situation and um, produce the, 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 the uh, productivity that we can see uh, these days. I, I would say there are many other things to say, but uh, uh, I think this explains something.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a great overview of um, the, the introduction. And, and, and I should say the book picks up on, on some of those uh, themes and ideas in the way it's structured, thinking about as you've said you know artworks, thinking about uh, production structures, um thinking about practices of of creation and 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 reception and if if I might uh, stay with, with with you actually um and 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 just um think about the first um couple of chapters in in the book. the first chapter is about um architecture and and kind of competitions for for architects. Um, and then the second, I, I guess, kind of follows on quite neatly from that because it's about um, things like place. So uh, why does the book uh, start with uh, this focus on on production and, and what do things like architecture and place uh, tell us and, and why do they matter to understanding sociology of the arts?
3: Well, the, the structure that we uh, decided for the book, you know, uh, in fact, was quite conventional i would say because it covers the all the cycle uh, of the of the um, activity that is involved in in the in the the wall of art uh, and so we started uh, with this uh, production and in this case uh, these two uh, chapters uh, address uh, things that to some extent, are connected a, li- a little bit connected uh, because uh, the chapter by Ignacio Farias is about uh, uh, architects and uh, architects uh, work with with place too. And um, in, in in the case of, of this uh, chapter, I, I would say that uh, what is interesting and and what is characteristic. Uh, in relation with the character of the book in general, is that the way in which the case, this specific case that is a very special case, in fact, is paradoxical uh, in a way because uh, um, architects uh, uh, recreate. Uh, he uh, he study a case of uh, architectural contest, a uh, very typical situation for architects. And um, and in, in that case, uh, in that uh, in that case of situation, in fact, the situation is uh, one that is uh, open to uh, to real autonomy. They they, they lack a, a client uh, in in this case, a very specific client. And uh, and Ignacio Farias show very well how uh, they recreate. Uh, uh, in fact, the conditions of heteronomy—that is, in, in a way, something contradictory to the to the more usual perspective, Bourdieusian perspective on the on the issue. Using so, in this case, he contrasts the 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 this theoretical perspective of Bourdieusian origins with. Uh, uh, actor network theory, uh, which is the framework in which uh, he he that he uses for for his work, uh, so I, I think it's a a case that uh, is a revelatory case in, in many senses and and it's interesting for because of that. Uh, then the case by mm, the the chapter by Matthias Sarlenga on place. Well, place uh, is something that is obviously <laughs> around always, but it's something, and it is important. It's uh, obviously important, but uh, has not been um, studied too much in in the sociology of the arts. Uh, but it, it's a it's a key uh, issue, for example, uh, in relation with with a very important, and this is something that uh, also I I stressed previously in the introduction, that uh, the importance of the the increasing importance in the sociology of the arts of um, topics, thematics, interests that connect with uh, important public issues. So a a place uh, is uh, an element that uh, plays an important role uh, in relation with something that currently is very uh, very present in in many cities the the, the clusters that uh, are uh, constituted of creators uh, promoted by by uh, public administrations for example and. Uh, this is something that uh, in many ways, in diverse ways, uh, is, um, is being developed in, in many places. But I would say that it's not uh, well planned uh, in general because it's, it's, it's poorly understood how it works, how uh, these conditions of the, of the space that uh, is the, 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 the environment of the of the creators uh, working in these places how this influence uh, and uh, make uh, possible certain things or uh, block some other uh, developments this is something that has not been uh, studied really very well and this uh, this chapter do a good job, I think, in in starting to establish a certain typology and representing the logic of the different trajectories of creation in relation with these uh, contextual places in which uh, creators work.
1: Alvaro, if I might bring you in uh, to discuss the um, fourth chapter, um It's interesting that Arturo has mentioned uh, Bourdieu and, uh, I guess, a kind of critical engagement with Bourdieu a a couple of times. And chapter four uh, uses a discussion of kind of the culinary field, high cuisine, um, to to offer a bit of a critique um, of Bourdieu. So what's going on um, with that uh, particular case study? um, And what is that, I guess, kind of um, contemporary critique of Bourdieu. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so chapter four is written by uh, Vanina Leschiner, uh, who is a, a professor at the University of Toronto. And she engages with, uh, as you put it, the culinary field, which, you know, if you think about this, you know, cuisine traditionally hasn't, hasn't seen, has not been seen as a form of art. Right. And I think the landscape has changed uh, quite rapidly in recent years. And we do now see uh, food making as an art form. But when Vanina started doing th- this research, she was really at the forefront of uh, research. I was really trying to show the importance of uh, uh, food and cuisine as a as a area of artistic expression. So in order to make her argument, to offer a critique of Bourdieu's fields uh, theory, so she conducted ethnographic research in 44 restaurants in New York City and San Francisco. And the, the restaurants that she selected including uh, uh, include some of the most important chefs, uh, in working in some of the most prestigious restaurants in the cities and during her course of the, during the course of her research she was actually able to challenge two important premises in the study of cultural creation. So first one is the idea that cultural fields are structured around the the poles of artistic reputation and commercial success. And the second one is the idea that innovation arises from lower or higher status positions in the field. And actually what Vanina was able to demonstrate was that innovation innovation normally um, arises from middle status positions in culinary fields. And I think this is a very important contribution, again, as we're actually now witnessing this uh, global success of uh, chefs around the
1: world. It's interesting, particularly because, I, I suppose, the kind of the challenge to bourdieu um, it doesn't run through every single chapter, but it, it's, it's an important presence in the book, but it also suggests that the sociology of art, and in in this case, you know, um, culture, it it has these much broader boundaries than we think of, of just being, you know, a critique of who goes to the gallery or uh, just being a discussion of um, particular kind of artistic uh, or creative practices in, say, the visual arts or or in theatre. And a good example of this and if I, if I might turn back to you, Arturo, is the relationship between um, art and, um, and and politics? Um, and what what one of the things that um, as the, the the book moves on, sort of slightly away from production, um, I guess to, to think about um, how artworks, you know, are the subject of study. Is this question of, of art and politics? Um, and this is the kind of key thing for for chapter five. So. Um, what happens when we sort of connect creative careers, organisational practice and politics? Where, where does that story fit for uh, the new kind of sociology of art?
3: Well, I think that um, this, uh, this offers a particular interest because uh, the uh, on the one hand, it is uh, something that is uh, in general characteristic of this time in the evolution of the discipline that... Uh, the, the, there are more and more explorations in in spaces that are uh, uh, relatively far from the um, canonical is, is spaces. Uh, a moment ago, we we were speaking. Álvaro was speaking about cuisine, and uh, and now he uh, in this in, in this chapter, it is the. The, the point in which two walls very different in principle uh, uh, connect, uh, the wall of art and the wall of uh, politics. Uh, and uh, But usually, uh, I think that um, this connection has been more explored um, um, through the consideration of uh, reception of the of a world that tried to produce some effects, uh, but it's not so usual to to look into, into this uh, perspective of uh, creative careers, uh, of uh, organizations, right? Um, and uh, so this uh, provides some views that are not uh, so, so usual to... Uh, to, to see, and uh, and it's uh, particularly significant, uh, especially because in this case um, uh, it is the case of a um, militant theater company. So it's a a, a group that, uh, in fact, is defined intrinsically uh, in, for being. In between the, these two words, these two logics, these two interests, values, etc. And uh, looking to, to, to the case that represents this hybridity, I would say, uh, you can see uh, how the, the, the organization uh, address uh, certain tensions, certain uh, Certain contradictions that appear in the distribution of work, in the decision making uh, within the organization, etc. So I think it's a, a new, uh, a, a quite new uh, case that offers uh, an interesting perspective on this connection.
1: I mean, th- this connection, again, is something that comes up uh, quite a few times in the book particularly actually to, towards the end of the book when we're thinking about um arts institutions and, and the politics of, of the environmental crisis but also you know, w- within that example there's uh, i think a good um example of the way the book has so many different kind of kind of methods and and if i might turn to you alvaro on 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 this uh Montagnola's chapter, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Daphne Montagnola's uh, chapter, is, is very much about methods um, for a variety of different reasons, actually. And I wonder if um, you could use that really to kind of comment on the range of different methods that are in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so certainly one of the things also that
2: was uh, at the original impulse to create this book was well, not only the range of themes that uh, all these colleagues were exploring, but also the different methodologies, and Daphne's chapter on uh, Habitus in Dance, I think is a very good example of what you are saying, David, because uh, Daphne uh, uses in her chapter a technique that almost deconstructs frame by frame a rehearsal right why she does that is because she, she she's interested in artistic practice and um, and also um, one of the means by which she 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 studies artistic practice is using video ethnography, right? So then uh, in the chapter, what she does is to uh, study the London dance company Wayne McGregor uh, random dance and she filmed uh, over two months of uh, rehearsals with five fixed cameras on stage and then another one handheld camera and then In the process of the analysis, she was kind of almost frame by frame, right, analyzing the the rehearsals. And then she was really able to see how creativity uh, is a social process of communication and cognition, right, and how during this process a specific habitus develops. So we see, for instance, how the director, right, is instructing the dancers to dance in one particular way but sometimes so there is also room open for improvisation for a change and that's what Daphne means by showing how creativity ultimately is a social process of communication and cognition
1: if i stick with you um, just for the next couple of chapters alvaro if that's an example of um the kind of methods and the innovative methods that are in the book um the other thing that you know we've heard already about art and politics and uh, things like the, the boundaries of what culture is with um the chapter on, on cuisine um castano's chapter um looks at the relationship uh between art and science and i, and I guess actually collaborations between artists and and scientists as well um, and I'm again interested in I suppose why this chapter what is the chapter saying and again this moment of where we've got you know sort of um, two areas that would traditionally be thought of as kind of separate and very different but they've been brought together
2: yeah and and I think that again yeah this is also a very interesting chapter in the sense that it pushes the boundaries of what we we, we what we can consider art. So this is a chapter by Paola Castaño, who is actually a research fellow at the University of Exeter. Uh, yeah, um, you know, one of the questions that she's asking is how can we represent the uncertain, right? Um, when we think about the uncertain, we need to take into account or We or one of the things that first comes to mind is the, the universe and the ways in which we represent the universe. And if we think about representations of the universe, you know, we're really talking about a long history of connections between science and art. And, you know, this is probably something that is well known to many of our listeners. So images of objects, such as stars and constellations, are usually colored by artists, not by by scientists. And that involves a collaboration between artists and scientists. So and what uh, Castaño does in her chapter is precisely to investigate this kind of Collaboration, right? So the creation and production of a collaborative, uh, collaborative, art piece that took place between an astrophysicist, a historian, and an artist, and that collaboration led to the creation of a, the artwork called "Carve Air," and 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 the goal of the artist, and I'm going to quote here, was actually to study the material fluidity of the universe. And then what followed uh, was, uh, what follows in uh, Castaño's chapter is the study of this collaboration, right? That is trying to represent one of the most, arguably, one of the most fascinating ideas in astrophysics today, which is dark matter, right? Which is, this invisible matter in the universe that we know that has these gravitational effects, but we cannot see it. So so these, uh, the astrophysicists, the historians, and the artists are collaborating and trying to represent uh, dark matter, right, these uncertain objects. And the result is actually these uh, two beautiful, and innovative uh, artworks that were exhibited in, at a gallery in, in Berlin, right? And and Paola has continued to do work along the same lines, you know, trying also to explore the boundaries of science. So she's actually completing a manuscript that looks at experiments on the international space Station. So I think this is, you know, again, uh, a very good example of how, uh, you know, this volume um, helped her to put together... Um, uh, a body of research that is then expanding the boundaries of what we think about, the the boundaries of the interaction between science and art.
1: That's the final chapter in the um, section that covers creative practices, but but obviously uh, when we move on to think about artworks themselves, um, you know, meanings and materiality, you know, we're still um, you know, sort of intertwined with things like um creative practices and i have to admit as you know a sort of big beatles fan uh, and, and coming from uh, liverpool as well i was really intrigued uh, by um uh, the chapter on on the beatles which opens the um section about the artwork and, and i suppose the study of things like um consecration how you know um, particular artworks become legitimate and you, you know um canonized or whatever terms we'd like is is a really important thing for the sociology of art so what what does this chapter um i guess kind of add to to that tradition um and you know what the Beatles actually are <laughs> as it were
2: yeah so this is yeah so this is a chapter by Chris uh, Christian Martin Perez Colman who teaches at the University uh, Autónoma de Madrid and yeah and, and the question that he's asking is precisely what you're um mentioning right so when why are we talking what we talk about consecration right and and specifically in this case how did the Beatles become one of the most successful and influential groups of in the history of, of music right and of course you know the the initial impulse would be to say that the lyrics are amazing and that they're produced like amazing songwriting but uh, Martin actually um, goes beyond this traditional approach and and what others have as well and explores the notion of what he calls the generative formula, right? So so this notion of the generative formula has now become a standard in the industry, right? So the search for a formula that would allow then, uh, that would produce a marketable product but in the 1960s you know it was really it was a real breakthrough and the point that martin makes is that the beatles under circle were really ahead of this search for a formula right so then what he does in the chapter is to show how key technological changes such as for, for instance uh, Developments in studio recording, and actually the very idea of the very notion of studio recording, the production of uh, cheap forms of audio recording, right? Uh, the emergence of the rock album as a work. Because another thing that uh, uh, Martin says is that rather than being just a collection of songs, LPs became during uh, the Beatles period a mode of creative expression, right? So the Beatles actually thought of the LP as a work of art, not just as as a collection of songs. And also another interesting change that also the Beatles um, were at the forefront uh, was that rather than being just uh, thinking of themselves as artists who perform an uh, a song they start transitioning to something that later on became the norm. So not just being the performer, but also the songwriter, the arranger, the sound engineer, the producer. And, and I think if we fast forward just a little bit ahead, we can think of other examples such as Michael Jackson or Madonna. right? And I think um, with this perspective, I think that uh, Martin uh, allows us to better understand uh, why the Beatles were so successful uh, at the time and then why down down the road this formula was so central to understand their their consecration as a popular um as a classic uh pop music music band
0: this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com.
1: The other part of this section is it's called materiality and, and obviously materiality is is really uh, kind of important when we're thinking about the sociology of art, um, And um, I wonder, Arturo, if I might bring you back in uh, to talk about why materiality matters. And um, De La Fuente's chapter is, is kind of centrally concerned uh, with that question. So, yeah, where, where does materiality uh, fit in, into the sociology of art?
3: Uh, well, in fact, uh, in the in this phase of the evolution of sociology of arts, materiality is a very central uh, focus of interest for many people. It is a, a way, a logic way to, uh, to go uh, to analyze the, the, the work of art. Uh, in the past, all uh, the, the sociologists, humanists, uh, sociologies of art uh, were more interested in structures of, uh, of the, of the um, works of art, but uh, uh, now uh, it has been very enriching, in fact, to connect. Uh, and this is another characteristic of the time, uh, the, the, uh, to connect with many other literatures beyond sociology, beyond sociology of art, uh, that uh, address this issue of the materiality, uh, the, the the meanings that are involved, the the the, the specificities of the relation between actors uh, and specific objects, and how objects can uh, produce a certain agency on them, etc. So, f- for many. Authors, currently uh, this is a, a very important perspective and uh, and uh, provides a lot of uh, insight I would say in 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 the analysis of, of the work so far but in the case of the chapter by um, Eduardo de la Fuente it's a, a, a more special way to, to, to use that. Uh, because it is not uh, in his case, the, the interest is not to, uh, to understand uh, to, to analyze specifically uh, specific works of art or genres or uh, in, in their uh, materials, in their materiality, uh, but uh, to to look into these materials to um, to explore how they um, put in connection uh, uh, cultural objects and artistic objects to more general meanings and more general values with uh, meanings connecting to epochal meanings meanings uh, connected to. To the places, uh, specific places, etc. Uh, so this is a um, an original uh, perspective that um, uh, in uh, in the analysis by Eduardo de la Fuente uh, shows very well how it uh, can provide a lot of uh, of uh, insight. Uh, on the, he in fact develops a certain original methodology for um, more for analyzing the, the social wall through the materiality of the artwork. Uh, and this is, well, it's an angle that is not so common and is uh, very interesting, I, I, was, I think.
1: That question of, of meaning um, is, is really important to um, your own chapter, Alvaro, about your work on um, Garcia Marquez's uh, 100 Years of, of Solitude, and, and you've written a book on this. It's, it's, it's really, you know, kind of great, um, quite, quite famous now, I, th- I, th- I think, uh, sociological study. Um, and I wonder, um, where does this chapter sort of fit in um, to, to the rest of the book? I, I suppose, why were you... Uh, keen to bring in, um, I guess, your kind of own work uh, when we're thinking about artworks and contemporary sociology of art.
2: Yeah, thank you for that, uh, David. Yeah, indeed, you know, one of the reasons also why why I knew many of the contributors in this volume is because we shared that that concern, theoretical, methodological, epistemological, for the artwork, right? And what's the artwork? And, you know, can we actually unpack the... uh, the artwork, and then integrate, interrogate the artwork from different perspectives. And in my case, what I try to do is to address the question of, you know, uh, how things become classics, because not every artwork becomes a classic, and yet classics are one of the most powerful social institutions around. Um, um, So what I argue in my chapter is that a classic is a classic because over time and across space, it produces what I call call these small units of significance that I call indexicals. And these indexicals are kind of bits and pieces of the the artwork that even people who have not experienced the artwork, whether they have read it, Watch it, seen it. Uh, so the, even though they may have not experienced the artwork, even these people are actually able to recognize that that work if a class is a classic. And the example I like to give is, for instance, uh, as as an example of us, uh, this small unit of significance is, or indexical is the the expression to be or not to be, right? So you don't need to be a Shakespeare fan to recognize that this actually comes from Hamlet. And then when asked, Most people would say, whether they like it or not, whether they have read it or not, that Hamlet is a classic, right? So then in my chapter, what I try to do is to study whether uh, this is happening to the novel, One Hundred Years of Solitude. In other words, whether uh, bits and pieces of the novel are transcending the written page and entering or the domains? And the answer is actually yes. So what I do in the chapter is to show precisely the different patterns, uh, the different ways in which these indexicals from the novel are being used globally in pretty much uh, around the world in more than 80 countries over the past uh, 60 years.
1: I mean, on that, there's obviously an element of attachment, of fandom, of fandom, um, around 100 years of solitude as well as you say about its you know sort of importance uh, and its status that sense of people knowing you know um the parts of it and, and it entering I guess kind of general culture that the chapter that follows your your chapter uh, Claudio Cladio chapter it, it also deals with I, I think similar themes although it starts um the the following section that's about um I guess kind of uh reception really and and to an extent kind of audiences and he talks about um opera, which he's very, very famous for writing about, but also uh, football shirts, which is really fascinating because, you know, you don't usually hear those two things uh, together all, all at once. And I'm interested to know about, I suppose, the kind of the role of fans, the role of audiences and, and how people end up kind of attached to cultural objects.
2: Yeah, indeed. And as you, and you put it very nicely, right? So uh, Claudio Vencec is looking at two objects that in theory could not be more Apart from each other, right? So, opera performances and football jerseys or shirts, right? So, opera performances being an example of high art and football jerseys being an example of kind of popular pastime. However, one of the things that Ben Secre does is to develop an important connection between these two cultural objects that transcends social and cultural barriers. and, And as you put it, as you said before, these connection is attachment, right? And to study attachment in opera, he did an ethnographic work in the cheaper floors of the Colón uh, Opera House in Buenos Aires. And then in the case of football, football jerseys, he conducted a, a multi-site study of the Boca Juniors jersey history, right? And Boca Juniors being one of the most famous uh, uh, football teams in Buenos Aires, and he shows precisely that. He shows how, like the classic, I was exploring in my own chapter, how widely shared cultural objects serve as vehicles for subjective expression by means of an attachment to. An attachment to that object that sometimes is even labeled by people by right, fans as love, right? And and I think as Kaluben Sekri says in this chapter, I think this opens the door to then rethinking the varieties and types of object attachment and the creation of meaning that such attachment generates. And I think also Claudio is taking this um, several of these ideas. Um, uh, step ahead uh, in his new uh, book uh, The Perfect Fit in which he's also looking at, at the global shoe uh, industry
1: Yeah in, in, indeed very much so um, and I think that there might be a podcast about that book on uh, the New Books Network somewhere as well to give a little uh, advert for uh, for that um, the, the book finishes in um, with two i guess really kind of classic um issues not just for the sociology of art but but actually thinking about more generally um about how um academics have, have kind of studied art and um if i might come come to you Arturo, mm-hmm. tour to sort of wrap up um the book first off we, we've got a chapter that's about evaluation and the kind of classic question about well how do um works of art, in this case, kind of, you know, artists and funding decisions um, get evaluated. And then a, a chapter that talks um, about the role and the importance of institutions. Um, so how does the book finish these themes of evaluation and institution?
3: Well, I think uh, first uh, evaluation. Evaluation certainly is, uh, is uh, a crucial dynamic in, in managing the activities and uh, more and more is present in formal ways in, uh, in many areas uh, in the case of, of the arts uh, it is uh, uh, always all about evaluation by uh, by publics the, the, the works or but um, the case, uh, more specifically, refers uh, the case by Mario Miraki uh, in the book refers to a to a program, an evaluation program, uh, grant making program uh, in Canada uh, for for artists, for visual artists, and um, and th- that are uh, very interesting cases for. For the analysis of the of sociology of the art that, in fact, and until now uh, there has not been too many uh, studies of of this kind. Uh, in, in, again, as as other chapters in the book, in this case, this uh, analysis uh, situates and uh, is um, defined in the frontier between the sociology of the arts and other uh, areas of sociology, in this case, sociology of evaluation, uh, because there are uh, a lot of work that is been doing currently about uh, and in economic sociology, too. And, um, and well, uh, the, the, um, this specific uh, case of, uh, of grant-making programs uh, offer uh, really a very a very interesting laboratory of uh, of evaluation. It's uh, something that is formalized because um, because um, public institutions, public administrations that uh, give this uh, these grants need to. To specify, formalize, and uh, l- l- legitimize these these grants, so this requires this all these uh, uh, devices, uh, evaluation devices, and and the the article, the the, the, the chapter, um, give a, a lot of uh, uh, detail and and insight on the many aspects that uh, appear in this organisation of the evaluation the the the, act, the, the actors that uh, negotiate and uh, and that use criteria that use uh, established categories that uh, uh, and the, the processes how they are uh, defined for arriving to the results to the Rankings that are produced, and then the effects that that this is are produced by by this exercise of evaluation. So I think it's a, it was a a piece that was very important to 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 include in, in the book. In the other case, uh, the, the the chapter by Marta Herrero about uh, institutions and and the protests uh, in in front of institutions uh, in relation with some institutional behavior uh, that is rejected. Uh, um, It is a a very special perspective. I I think that uh, the institutions and the perspective of institutions has always been uh, at the center of the analysis of the sociology of the arts uh, notions by Howard Becker, uh, for example, speaking about art walls uh, is essentially an institutional perspective, uh, how uh, this is uh, specific spaces constituted by, by uh, certain understandings between people participating, uh, but here, uh, what is particular is that uh, uh, it is at the same time several things uh, the case because these protests that are uh, are um, uh, try to 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 contest the 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 the, 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 the sponsorship that uh, the the institution uh, gets from. Uh, from British oil, I think. Uh, In in this case, um, the the activities that are analyzed in detail consist, in fact, in rituals that are, uh, in a way, also uh, works of art, uh, too. So, uh, this case uh, that we put, uh, we put the cases uh, at the end of, of the book, in fact, uh, uh, combines uh, perspectives uh, of different areas of, of the book. It is about reception, certainly uh, critical reception, but it is also about um, production and about uh, work
1: which is a good illustration i think of how as you say the different themes of the book really run throughout um the chapters really and and are not uh separated off even though they are in in different sections with very different case studies different approaches different um, methods to wrap up you've both given you know a really sort of brilliant and and, you know quite quite detailed overview of um what's going on with the the different chapters and, and with the uh, framework for, for the book and at the same time you know there's there's so much that we sort of haven't discussed in in, in terms of leaving things for people to read and, and people to engage with the book um, but to finish with that I'm interested in what um you, you're sort of uh both um doing next really so, so maybe um I'll stick with you Arturo first and then mm-hmm. uh come to you uh, Alvaro so so what are you sort of currently working on Arturo what 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 are your sort of you know next um sort of projects going to be uh in general in the sociology
3: of the arts or my own <laughs> projects you
1: well, that that is a good question because obviously you know having worked uh, to bring uh, a collection like this together first uh you, you know um and then obviously in, in, in translation as 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 well um maybe you're sort of thinking, I don't want to do any work on the sociology of arts (laughs) anymore or you've got uh, new ideas. So, yeah, in in terms of your own work, what's next? Well, in
3: in fact, I I can say something about my own work and uh, and my projects uh, uh, that uh, relates um, a lot to the perspective that I see as... uh, Evolving in sociology of the arts currently, and I think I tend to think that is some important uh, advances or uh, evolutions taking place uh, currently. Mm, For example, one thing that uh, that uh, I I I will refer to, to to a work that I am doing now. But uh, in general terms, I would say that uh, and, and I say in the introduction to speaking about the future of, uh, that we can see uh, that uh, it is important uh, and it is the next thing maybe or one of the next things that we need to, to have in mind to improve, uh, to, to develop more uh, comparative work, for example, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is uh, something that uh, it, is, um, it is for many people not so easy uh, uh, sometimes and uh, requires um, teams that work on projects, more bigger projects than, than isolated projects of an scholar. And... Um, and so it's not so usual, but it is very important, I think. In this respect, for example, I am doing now. Uh, I am running a a, a big project uh, that is funded by European Commission uh, uh, that study with a lot several teams uh, in different univers- European universities that collaborate. In a in a study that tried to uh, analyze the dynamic of of valuation of culture, how in society through different uh, from different uh, angles, from reception, from the administration, from the the, the, the different organizations involved in in production, how. Uh, evaluation and valuation of of culture uh, is uh, elaborated and how this produces a certain certain hierarchies of of value uh, and that uh, um, produce many effects uh, uh, of many kinds so th- this is for example the, the 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 main project that i am currently doing and i will be doing that uh, for one year uh, yet, um, and is my my main interest. But uh, I also want to to um, to develop a certain another project about another thing that, in my view, it is crucial for sociologists of the art to uh, to, to, to take more. And to develop better uh, ways of analyzing that, which is uh, innovation, artistic innovation. Uh, uh, this requires, in my view, or uh, it's interesting to to find ways to to compare different different uh, areas of uh, artistic production uh, in order to understand better uh what is more important uh, keys of certain developments
2: so this is
1: my perspective and what about you Alvaro? what's next for you
2: yeah well uh i must uh i'm i'm basically working on, on um three projects right now um so uh, one of them is actually the Spanish version of my book, Ascent to Glory, the biography of uh, One of Solitude, which at first I thought was going to translate, but I decided to rewrite it, exploring techniques of nonfiction. So it's been fun, but it's uh, t- taking me a lot of time to do that. So hopefully we'll finish that this year, and then I also have, um, and I'm having over the past few years, I have been conducting an ethnography at an art making facility that produces uh, contemporary art, uh, mostly sculpture. So I'm basically looking at how um, contemporary art uh, renders invisible the work of what I call, um, well, actually, invisible workers. Uh, so the the larger the artwork. Uh, the less visible the the intervention of uh, workers um, on the ground. Um, And then the other project, which is also, I think, Uh, something that I may write a reflection about is this uh, global exhibition. So I basically have started to do curatorial work uh, before the pandemic. So I was asked to curate the exhibition of the archives of Garcia Marquez uh, by the Ramson Center at the University of Texas in Austin. And that exhibition which originally started, was supposed to happen only in Austin has become a sort of a global exhibition so last year, exactly last year um, so it was opening at the Museum, Museum of Modern Art in Mexico City and then this exhibition is also going to travel to Colombia, probably a few other countries in South America, Europe and probably Asia and I think it's been, it's been extremely Rewarding as an experience to also uh, do sociology of curatorial work, if I can put it that way. So eventually, I'm not sure if I would just write an essay on that, but it has been very um, an 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 eye-opening experience to put uh, sociological research on museum
1: walls. I mean, it sounds like both of you have got several projects that would make really um, excellent books. So um, I look forward to uh, hopefully getting you back on uh, to the podcast to hear about um, how those uh, particular projects have, have developed and, and hopefully into books. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah,
2: I'm happy. <laughs> I hope that happens, David. I would be happy to be a- again here just reporting on the, yeah, the conclusion of these projects. Thank you again for the invitation, David.